What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here at the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts on the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, are Ted Sai. And Ted, it's been a week off. I mean, we took uh, the Thanksgiving week off to, you know, spend some time with our families. Um, fortunately, it wasn't the case for you, but I'll let yep, you get to that yep. a little bit later here. But Thanksgiving was pretty nice to just, you know, like I said, just take a Take a step back. You know, we try our best to obviously give as much information as we can each and every week. And I mean, guys, if you hit us up on social media, we definitely would have gotten to you um, over the Thanksgiving week, even though we didn't record any episodes and we had you covered with some social media graphics. So, I mean, we still got some information, maybe not like through audio or video means, but we got you the information that you may have needed to help you make some decisions for those Thanksgiving games, the Black Friday game. I mean, the first time that has happened this year. And of course, your Sunday slate. And good God, today's Monday game has been absolutely horrendous. Can they start flexing out these bad teams already? So Why do I need actually, to keep watching the Vikings, watching the Jets? Why? This so it's is actually torture. funny. It's actually funny that you bring up the aspect of flexing. So Sunday night football, you got I think flex out games starting in week five. So they adjusted that. Otherwise, before it used to be the double digit week. So it was a lot later. But Monday Night Football, they have started to allow flexing. So starting after this week, unfortunately, after this week, if I remember correctly, or it might have been this week too, but maybe they just didn't find another game who could do it, whatever. But Monday Night Football can flex out too. So yeah, if we have another oh potential dud of a game on the books, it could get flexed out potentially. But yeah, I remember it was only Sunday Night Football, and I remember it used to only be like after week 12. And then I think we just had so many dud games in a season where it was just like, no, we, we can't do this anymore. So I think the NFL changed the role for Sunday Night Football for it to be like, I think it's either week four or week five. That's when the flexing can start for Sunday Night Football. And they have now instituted Monday Night Football to have the flexing starting now. And uh, it was either this pat, this game that potentially could have been flexed or now it's going to start next weekend. But yeah. Good God, it's 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 not been a good game. If no. you're watching the game, then power to you. You must be a Bears or Vikings fan, or maybe you have a glimmer of hope with one of these fantasy players on your team, but it has not been any sort of fantasy boon for any of these players. Maybe they accepted DJ Moore. He's been looking all right so far, but or if you have the Bears defense, because they have forced four turnovers on the Vikings. So if you somehow started the Bears defense, then wow, you you have a little bit more insight than me or Tad do. Because yeah, I never would have picked the Bears defense today. That is the only reason I watch Monday Night Football anymore. Like other, if, unless it's like that Chiefs Rams games years ago uh, in Mexico City, or Ooh, maybe the one that was supposed one. to be played in Mexico City. I always get those confused. But like, unless it's a marquee matchup like that, most of the time I just like kind of keep track of it. But God knows if it comes down to one player, I'm glued to that television screen and. I do not do any work and Tuesdays is like a movie day for my students. <laughs> yeah. I think that game was supposed to be in Mexico city, but I think there's like a lot of uh, congestion, I think. So it was Something a lot of like, like smog and stuff like that. So they ended up not doing it. And That's I think right. Cause they it. kept cutting b back to the bar in Mexico city. That's right. I about yeah. That. So I think the game ended up being played in LA if I remember correctly. <sighs> so, but yeah, that end up game of being a local game here. But, um, so Tad, um, it was a good week off, but yeah, it's nice to be back here. We're giving you our week 13 waiver wire picks. And obviously, as usual, we're going to go through our week 12 injury report. Um, just really quick before we get into all that, Tad, I, I, I have to ask it, even though I know how it went, but just how was your Thanksgiving? It was fine. <laughs> 
I I love my students very very much, but they are walking petri dishes. And yeah. one of them, uh, it, it was funny actually. I found out today it, several teachers got taken out with this over Thanksgiving. Is uh, what we are now assuming is it was an upper respiratory uh, infection because we all tested negative for COVID, but it was so bad uh-huh. we were like, how? And so yeah. the, the decision not to record last week was made before I got sick. Thank God it was made though. Cause I sounded like, if you're wondering like, what's wrong with this voice? I sounded like Christian Bale's Batman all week, last week, <laughs> all week. So, uh, yeah, I got to spend it, you know, chilling in my apartment with cap, but overall it was good. At least I had some good football to watch. That is true. We did have some good games on Thursday for sure. So yeah, I, yeah, it's unfortunate that you're sick, but it's Teach very fortunate that you cover didn't their mouths. Have- but it's very fortunate you didn't have COVID for what? That would have been the fourth time you would have had Honestly, it? Yeah, I think it would have been the fifth. Oh, my Lord. Just I don't know how you how you have like a magnet for that. It's just insane, man. Four? I'm not good at math. <laughs> it just. But all right. It sounds like you're on the mend here. So, yeah, that's great that you had a relaxing week off, obviously, there. Um, originally, obviously, Tad, we were planning to travel home, but obviously with your health issues it was better not to infect your family <laughs> yeah yeah decided decided to be a good samaritan like that there you go there you go so yeah we're back at it here so let's get into it tad here we got our week 12 injury report but before we get into that we definitely need to get into our sponsors here our wonderful sponsors because i don't know about you tad but i definitely made some bets over the thanksgiving day a slate of games as well as the sunday nfl action fortunately didn't win as i have in the past but it's still a lot of fun it's very easy to do so partner with our good friends at underdog fantasy because i mean all you need to do is pick player props across all the major sports in the uh, united states here you got the nfl you got the nba you got nhl going on right now you got college College football going on. We're heading into uh, championship weekend this weekend. So, I mean, that should be a lot of fun to bet on for sure. You got some boxing, you got some MMA. I mean, just you name the sport, you can bet on it with underdog fantasy. And all you got to do, Tad, I mean, it's super simple. You've been using this tool too, for sure. Oh, yeah. Pick between two to five different player props. I mean, it could be anything from, you know, James Harden over under two and a half turnovers. It could be, you know, Brock Purdy over 245.5 passing yards over under. I mean, it's just like all these different player props. All I got to do is pick between two and five of them. If you get more, if you decide to do more picks, you get more money of your return as far as your investment. Um, you do less, you obviously get less, but it's just a fun way to sort of get into the action. And that works across all 50 states here. It's a lot of fun. And we definitely need to give you our pro code to get in on the action because the, our folks at underdog fantasy want to double up your initial deposit of up to $500 at least $10 all you got to use use our promo code decide d-e-s-a-i and like I said you can double up your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500 so I mean Ted if you deposit $500 Underdog Fantasy will match that dollar for dollar, so they'll match that $500, so you will have $1,000 worth of betting that you could do on the Underdog Fantasy platform. And, I mean, it's quick. It's easy to get into. The website, the web page is easy to use. If you want to download the app, the app is very easy to use, but get in the action. It's a lot of fun. We're going to be having a lot of fun, especially with the playoffs looming here. Like I said, college football bowl uh, championship weekend is happening this weekend. The NBA season, the NBA mid season tournament. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things you'd be betting on. 
Why not do it with Underdog Fantasy? Once again, use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, and double up on your initial deposit of at least $10 or more, up to $500. Underdog will match every dollar. So, yeah. No, they're a fantastic partner, and I just got to say, it's it's. I find this partnership so funny, but it also goes to show what great partners they are, is uh, we tell you how to take their money. Like but most of the time when you partner up with a, with a you know gambling site or a company, it's mostly just like, hey, check out this site. But they were totally cool with the segment idea of like, all right, sure. And it's because they are so generous, especially with that offer. That's great. 500? 500. Mm-hmm. Up to 500. Yep. Up Damn. to 500. Generous. Generous. Exactly. Generous, simple, very, very good website. Easy to navigate, unlike some other certain companies I will not name. Uh, so I, I, guys go check them out because they have just been amazing supporters of ours for the past. What? Like I'm, we're almost near a month now, if not over. It's been about a month. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. been a damn good month. So be sure to check out been. underdog fantasy. Use that promo code decide. Once again, I got to do this every episode. Just as a shout out to my mom. That's D is in David E <laughs> S is in Sam AI. Yeah. Definitely, definitely go use their platform. It is fantastic. Get it on some fun fantasy action for sure. So, all right, Ted, now we sort of got all of the, you know, formalities out of the way. Let's get into the sort of meat of the episode here. Let's get into our week 12 injury report. Um, Not as many injuries to lay out here. There's nothing super significant, but I think there's one team that unfortunately. Not not a lot of people got laid out. (laughs) No. No, but um, yeah, I think two teams unfortunately <laughs> suffered the brunt of it because we got two injuries that we need to deal with with both of those teams. So we're going to start with one of those teams. That's the Cleveland Browns. They're dealing with two injuries here. Uh, the first one is Dorian Thompson Robinson, their starting quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, no, no, I saw that. The Broncos killed a guy. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. He took Where a pretty Where did you get a trade? <laughs> He suffered a big hit in the game against the Denver Broncos. His stats like are limited hit there. He was removed from the game shortly afterwards. It was ruled that he had a concussion. Uh, Browns will now have to wait and see to see whether DTR can suit up this week. He is in the concussion protocol. Um, will he be able to play this weekend? We really don't know. It's still very early in the practice week to figure out whether he's going to be able to play. Um, if he can't play, then, I mean, we'll have to see P.J. Walker, who has started a couple games for the Browns earlier this season. And if it's not him, we may see the reemergence of Joe Flacco, Ted. Cleveland this I time. saw that he went to Cleveland, but I didn't see if he signed or not. Yeah, he is on the practice yes. squad. He Let was not happen, active. Please. He was not active for the game over the weekend, but I bet you if there's sort of any sort of news here where DTR is just, you know, trending towards not playing, I bet you they will activate him for this game. They may go with PJ Walker because he has more familiarity with the offense, but we may see Joe Flacco in that uh, in that offense sometime soon if it's sort of a serious injury for DTR. Just a little bit of a note here, the Cleveland Browns play the Los Angeles Rams this weekend, so Take that for what you want. They came away with a good win against the Arizona Cardinals over the weekend, so they're trending in the right direction. They're trying to fight for that very last playoff spot, especially with the Niners beating the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. This sort of opens the door a little bit for the Rams to sort of possibly make a push as long as they keep things going pretty strong for their team there. So the other injury I want to get to, Ted, before I sort of pass it to you here to get your thoughts here is just Amari Cooper. Their big yeah. pass weapon in the in the passing game here. He took a shot to the ribs in the game against Denver Broncos as well. Removed from the game. He came away with that injury in the fourth quarter. So he played majority of the game, but just unfortunately missed the rest of the game. Um, 
this could be a factor. So they took some x-rays, obviously. It came back negative. Obviously, we're going to have to see how the practice week goes. He should be able to possibly tough it out and play this weekend against the Rams. But in case he can't go, that's a pretty serious hit to your passing game, um, especially when you're having issues at the quarterback position. You kind of need a reliable piece of the passing game that you can sort of go to on a frequent basis. So if he's not playing, that sort of takes a hit for that passing offense. Overall, offense overall, I think will take a hit then, obviously. Um, in his place, Elijah Moore saw a lot of targets, but we also saw the rookie Cedric Tilbin get very involved in that offense as well, especially with some of those backups. They may have more familiarity with the third and fourth string guys, i.e. a Cedric Tilbin, maybe a David Bell, the former rookie out of Purdue. Maybe he'll get more involved, so we'll see about that. But just, yeah, if Amari Cooper can't go, as well as DTR not being able to go, like this is going to be very interesting for the Browns' offense. Their defense, we already know, is so good. But if their offense is not able to play to any sort of level, that just spells like a really like they're going to hit a downward trend and it's just not going to be good for this Brown team, this Browns team, excuse me, overall. So I mean, just had what are your thoughts on the Browns? Just like how do you feel about the potential of a P.J. Walker and or Joe Flacco? And then also, how do you feel about the backups for Cleveland as far as the receiver position? I think that, you know. It's, it was weird because I actually still like the Browns offense going into this Broncos game. In fact, I yeah. I, ha- I started David Njoku on my main team. He mm-hmm. ended up having a solid, I think it was 8.5 points for me. Like, not amazing, but for a tight end, I will take it. Uh, Amari Cooper made some good catches. Jerome Ford had some good runs. It was just like, okay, like it, kind of what we expected of the, they're leveling out due to the drop in talent after losing Deshaun Watson, but they're still fantasy relevant. And then the second DTR went down, I was like, Okay, now it's a risky play. And then Amari Cooper got hurt. I'm like, okay, no, I'm not touching him. I don't even care if Amari Cooper plays because if he does, I don't trust him to be 100%. And so then teams will probably be able to shut him down, which means they'll be able to spread out more of their players rather than putting most of the attention on him. So when it comes to his backups, I I know he's not technically a backup receiver, but again, the only guy I'm trusting here is David Njoku, and that's just because the other tight end on my roster is Dallas Goddard. And I'm not dropping him, especially because his return is upcoming. So I, I but I still have faith in uh, Njoku because it does seem like the more limited this passing game gets, the more they kind of depend on him for their short yardage situations. I think that will go up. Uh, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt depends on the situation, man. And that's a that's a risky, risky play. The the Rams defense has really stepped it up the last couple of weeks, and so they're not the cupcake they were. At the start of the season, shows how long the season is. Um, God, I hope we see Joe Flacco. That'd be so funny. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. I don't know if this is real. I should preface with that. But I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Apparently, someone like was on a flight to Cleveland, and then they got a picture of Flacco walking on the plane. And they're like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Just wait for the news tomorrow." I think I saw that. I think I remember seeing that on social media. So. But that was just a tryout. I did not know that he saw. I got to look up what number he picked. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I just think in general, like the the, the more this Brown season, it's so weird. I was legitimately shocked when I saw their record. I think it's, well, now seven and four. But that's yeah. still pretty good because this has been a wild season for them. I thought like yeah, they were Vikings-esque with their record. Um so I want to say like this Cleveland season falling apart, but this does feel like kind of the beginning of the end. 
Yeah, I think it's just when you speak about that record, it's just because their defense has just been so yeah. elite this Miles season. Uh, Miles Garrett was hobbled too. He didn't leave the game, but he was yes. hobbled the entire game. That's great that you bring that up because, yeah, especially like we're talking about with this Cleveland defense being so uh, – playing at such a high level, if they were to miss a guy like Miles Garrett, now your defense is taking a hit, and that just spells a lot more trouble for the offense, which is obviously struggling right now. Now you're dealing with injuries on the offense too, so just – yeah, this could, like I said, this quarter, this could be sort of the turn of the end for the Browns this season, unfortunately. And, you know, we'll see about Miles Garrett. He's saying that he felt a pop in his shoulder. So I don't know whether that's a good thing, whether that's a bad thing. I'm not sure. But obviously, we'll see how that trends over the course how of the week. How in the world would that be a good thing? I, it maybe avoided a serious injury. Like, I, I really don't know. But it's just like, obviously, we'll see how this practice week goes and we'll see whether he'll be able to play through it, you know, sort of thing. So just, I don't know. But just overall, it's not a good sign when you start player. Here's a pop in his shoulder. So I agree with that. <laughs> Greg, Greg, I agree with you there. But we'll see how it all trends. But just, yeah, it's not looking for the Browns. It's hard to trust them in fantasy. I agree with you there. Where it's just like, regardless of who's playing, it's just hard to just consistency that's the biggest thing yeah. that you want is just like that's the hard thing that you sort of rely on there is just consistency consistency from this offense so i don't know how to feel about it i'm probably not trusting the browns offense right now maybe a little bit of the running game with jerome ford like you said he was able to break off a lot of good runs every so often there against the broncos so against the rams though that is a tougher run defense so we'll see how that all plays out but aaron, aaron donald's gonna kill a guy <sighs> it's very possible it's very possible um, all right, Ted, let's get to the next guy, uh, next team. Like I said, that suffered two serious injuries. They're both at the wide receiver position. So that's why this is pretty significant. And we're talking about the New Orleans Saints. So they have injuries to their two starting receivers here. Rashid Shaheed suffered an injury in their game against the Atlanta Falcons. And also, unfortunately, Ted, this is for you. Chris Olave yeah. suffered an injury in that game. That as one was well. weird. That was weird, but we'll we'll touch on that in a bit. Yeah, so let's get to the Rashid Shahid injury first. It seems like based on what head coach Dennis Allen said, he suffered the injury early in the game on one of their first drives, but he tried to play through it and see if he could sort of fight through the pain. But then eventually in the second quarter, he dove for a catch and sort of just aggravated it more. He came off the field very frustrated. He was th visibly through his helmet. He went to the blue medical tent. They evaluated him. They took him back to the locker room, and he did come back into the game. They're saying it's a leg injury. It is a quad injury. That's what we're looking at. So it's not sure exactly whether he'll be able to play whether he'll be able to play this week, but I mean, leg injuries when you're a receiver, you kind of depend on that. So I mean, we'll see how that will sort of, you know, work itself out over the course of the week, but there's a potential that he, he may not be able to play this week when they played the Detroit lions. And then let's get to the bigger name here, Tad, Chris Olave um, suffered a concussion in the third quarter after landing hard. He tried to make a catch on the sidelines, but then he got tackled out of bounds. He didn't make the catch, unfortunately, because he did get two feet in bounds, but then he landed on the back of his head, on his helmet. And so, yeah, he was taken out of the game. He was also taken to the Blue Medical Tent for evaluation for a concussion. They eventually took him to the locker room as well, and he was removed from the game. Now he'll go through the con concussion protocol. We'll see exactly whether he'll be able to play this weekend against the Lions, but... I re really just depends on how he goes through the concussion protocol, obviously. But just dad, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns offense sort of having some uh, difficulties and just whether we could trust them. Now I'm not sure if we could trust the Saints offense, at least for one week, because you have to look at this here where Michael Thomas is already on the IR with the knee injury. Now you got Chris Olave in the concussion protocol. You got Rashid Shaheed possibly in danger of missing this game with a quad injury. 
So in that game against the Falcons, Tad, at one point, they were throwing out the likes of Lynn Bowden Jr. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Keith Kirkwood. Of course. And Taysom Hill at the tight end position. Our boy. And the rookie, A.T. Perry. So, I mean, it's... Taysom Hill's done some good things. I mean, I will say that, you know, he's sort of been used as that sort of like, you know, utility guy, throwing some passes, running the ball, catching some passes out of the backfield too. Uh, but just, yeah, Lynn Bowden and Keith Kirkwood. I mean, I've heard their names a couple of times, but usually just a very flash in the pan sort of situation. And yeah, the rookie A.T. Perry has scored a couple of times this season. But just once again, it's just like, I don't know if you get to bend on these guys over the course of an entire game, especially coming against a Detroit Lions team that obviously suffered a big loss on Thanksgiving after a lot of people had them as the favorite for them to take a really good stranglehold in the NFC North. But unfortunately, they weren't able to win on Thanksgiving. And Ted, you're the one who called it. You texted me. You're just like, because we obviously do our DraftKings contest every year. We always do a Thanksgiving contest. And I was surprised. I was like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't pick anybody in the Detroit Green Bay game. And you're, you notoriously said, and I'll pass it to you here to tell me what you I, said. I said, I don't trust any Packer and the Lions always choke on Thanksgiving. And what did they do? My, they my father is alive <laughs> and I've been forced to watch it for 28 years now. This was probably the first year that I did not have to watch it, but I still did. Yeah, and I expected them to actually play better, especially the way no, the season was going. But took. nope, they absolutely fell into that exact same uh, trap that you sort of, you know, expected with the Lions, where you said that they were going to choke, and they absolutely did. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They may come a little bit angry coming this weekend, trying to sort of regain some sort of lead in that NFC North. Uh, but just, ugh. I don't know how I feel about the Saints passing attack. I don't know how I feel about Derek Carr then without those weapons as well. And just, yeah, very similar to the Browns offense. It's just like, I don't know if I could trust these guys heading into the weekend. But, Tad, what are your thoughts on the Saints passing offense and the offense overall? So, uh, thank you for adding context to that because from my perspective, as our you know very loyal listeners and watchers know, I watch Sunday most – if it's not the Colts game, I don't have a single game on. I'm always red zone up until Sunday night football. So I was actually thrilled with the first half because Alave is was having a massive, massive first half. He finished the first two quarters with 14.8 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there like, this is great. This is going to keep happening. And then they kind of mentioned just very briefly, they being Scott Hansen, very briefly mentioned in the third quarter. By the way, Chris Alave, not in on this drive. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and so I was just like, okay. Uh, all right, I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And then I, you know, a couple more Saints drives happened, and we were into the fourth quarter. I'm like, where the hell is Alave? I had to look it up on Twitter. And so I did not know that he went to the blue tent. They did not show that on red zone because they rarely do. They like to pretend injuries don't exist. Um, <laughs> so that that adds a lot of very much needed context. But like I said, luckily he finished with a pretty good game for me. So I'm happy. I hope he gets better for very, very selfish reasons. Um, where does this leave the saints? If let's assume doomsday scenario, both of them are out. Okay. Um, I think Taysom Hill's value basically stays the same because the problem is his, uh, his versatility is sh- shrunk. I guess is the right word. It's not as, um, it's not as effective. Yeah. If, no, if, if there are less weapons or legitimate weapons, sorry, backups, uh, you know, outside, they're going to focus on him more because they know, you know, this offense can run through him. So I, I, but I think just the amount of attention he's going to get from the saints 
gives him a little bit of fancy value, a risky, but still understandable start at flex possibly um, tight end as well. Cause for some goddamn reason, um, I'll tell you what though, I think Alvin Kamara and I swear to God, I'm not just being biased when I say this, Alvin Kamara and Kendra Miller, their value is interesting in that situation, a doomsday scenario where all their starting receivers are out. I could see them starting to get a little tricky with the running backs and Kamara has had a redemption like season so far, at least in the fantasy football realm and Kendrick Miller. I mean, I'm, and this shows that I'm not biased. He hasn't had like a phenomenal rookie season. Like I was really hoping he was, but he has shown some flashes of good explosiveness. So if they're forced to kind of get creative with this offense, I could see him playing more of a role. Now I'm not saying start him, but I'm saying that could be an interesting type of thing, especially as the, if the saints start losing a grip or start falling behind in this race for the NFC South, if, Miller has a good game here. Maybe the Saints say, okay, let's see what we got in about three or four weeks. And he starts getting a bulk of the, uh, bulk of the carries. It's not implausible. Miller could be an interesting stash, but I never was touching Derek Carr in fantasy. He's just been too inconsistent. So really, Taysom Hill, risky, but sure, still start him. I say keep Alvin Kamara still in your starting rosters. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. It's just it's hard to see just how this offense is going to look without missing well, without, excuse me, some of their star receivers and just going with some of these backups. It's like maybe they'll look good. Maybe Derek Carr will sort of like, you know, MacGyver is way through his offense to come away with the victory and make your yeah, you know, what, fancy runs. Derek Carr is known for improvising. I know. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it's a big if, but it could happen sort of thing here. Uh, but just, yeah, it's, it, it's hard for me to trust anybody besides like, yeah, Taysom Hill is probably the most trustworthy other receiving options there. Um, yeah. Alvin Kamara, if you have him rostered, he's a good start as well. And then, yeah, if you want to go for like maybe a dart throw, maybe a deeper sleeper, then yeah, I agree. Kendrick Miller could possibly get some good, you know, supplemental work, but he's very effective with that where he could possibly score a touchdown, you know, and lead to, you know, a good, maybe double digit day for you. So, but yeah, it's still very like risky play there. So it's like, if you have better options, then. Don't go with the state's office if you can avoid it, sort of thing. <laughs> what's, what's Lance Moore up to? Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad guy to call him sure. back. Mar- Marquise Colson. Marquise Colson, Robert Beecham. How about that one? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to think who's the number Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith's a good one. He was actually on the roster earlier this year, if I remember correctly. Was so. he actually? Oh, wow. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Then they released him. So, well, yeah, maybe hey, we'll give him a call. Hey, yeah, I'm about to say redemption time. He has more familiarity with the offense compared to some of the other guys we mentioned. We so it's possibly- if, we, if we call that signing, I'm going to lose it. That would be, that, the, that'd be pretty good. That'd be the most be out good. there prediction we've ever gotten right on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ted, there's only one more that I want to get to, but this isn't particularly an injury. It's definitely not an injury, okay. actually, but Mac Jones. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, that this was an injury to his pride and more importantly to his career. <laughs> I mean, you you thought I was joking when I said the Broncos killed DTR. Uh, no, Mac Jones just like killed his own career. Like, yeah, it's it, so bad. Yeah, so bad. I mean, did it's, you watch it's really rough. Did you watch that game? Why would I watch this game? Well, see, but this is why I love Red Zone because they only <laughs> show me the parts that were worth watching. There was a play. I want to say it was third down. It was like third and five. And Mac Jones like moves around the pocket. I'm like, oh shit! All right, Mac Jones, this is what you know they've been waiting to see. And he like rockets it downfield, straight into triple coverage. Oh god! And, and that was just the moment I was like, nope, you're toast. 
I'm like, and I think he actually got benched on the next drive. And yeah, yeah. So anyway, sorry, carry on about his misery. <laughs> yeah, so not a not a physical injury, I should say. Emotional, sure, to be the way Tat laid it out there. But isn't that play pretty much led to him being benched in that game against the New York Giants? He played the entire first half. They brought in Bailey Zappi to start the second half. Tad, these are the first six possessions under Mac Jones in that first half. They punted. Then they punted again. Mm. Then he threw an interception. Mm. Then they punted again. Mm-hmm. Then he threw another interception. Yep. And then they punted again. So four punts and two interceptions. I mean, that's obviously going to lead to a benching. Uh, Bailey Zappi looked good at first. He threw, uh, he went five for five. That's he fine. led the game tied touchdown, but then he started to struggle the second half as well. So as of now, obviously questions have been asked to Bill Belichick, who's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, he is obviously neglected to, make a favor in any sort of direction whether it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones. Exactly. He also probably doesn't know because he's like, who's going to give me the better shot to win? I really don't know. This is a rock and a hard place sort of situation here. So we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be this weekend, but just based on the way that the the, uh, Patriots have been playing, once again, it's just hard to trust this passing offense, especially like, you know, we thought the changes were going to be implemented. Bill O'Brien coming from Alabama. He is obviously better as a coordinator and a coach compared to being a GM, which led to him being fired for the Texans, obviously. But yeah, he he's not making this work either. Like, I mean, just I don't know whether it's him, whether it's the quarterback. I think it's more of the quarterback. Yeah. But just, yeah, this is a mess in New England. Obviously, they lost Kendrick Bourne a couple weeks ago for the entire season. So they lost one of their defensible weapons in the passing offense as well. So they're going with Demario Douglas. And Juju Smith-Schuster has not been looking the same since his Mont- one Devontae season. Devontae Parker is still there, which I found Devontae Parker has also not looked since his one good season in Miami as well. So, I mean, it's just like, yeah, this is a complete mess. Hunter Henry has not been living up to expectations. Mike Jasicki, obviously coming over from Miami, he has not looked good as well. So, I mean, just, yeah, it is big issues there for the offense there in New England. Uh, They play the Chargers this weekend, who, you know, they're reeling after a tough loss to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. So, I mean, they need to get some wins together to stay alive. They don't need to get their wins together. They need to get their shit together. Well, that's a nicer way to. Uh, well, your my way was a nicer way to say it. Yours was obviously the more blunt way to put it. I was about to say, mine's the more honest one. Exactly. I be willing to bet LAFB Network guys would agree with me on that one. So they need to string some wins together to stay alive in the AFC playoff picture. So, yeah, they should be ready to go for a fight here against the Patriots. And just, yeah, I'm not looking like it's going to – it's not looking like it's going to be a fair contest for the Patriots. So <laughs> what do you make of this whole Mac Jones-Bailey Zappi situation? Like, I could care less, but I'd be just yeah, like – Yeah, I don't really <laughs> like, care. Uh, just, I remember I, you were a big proponent for Bailey Zappi. When I, you was, I was. I was just about to say you're that. You're like, this could possibly pan out, but just, yeah, he hasn't been looking the part lately. Well, okay, to his credit, though, and this is, again, why you watch Red Zone, because at the random – most random times, these games can get real good all of a sudden, and it's because Bailey Zappi actually led the team down the field with time expiring, and the Patriots kicker missed it. Yeah. To, I believe, tie it. I don't think it was for the win. I think it was to send them into overtime. But regardless, Zappi got him down there. It wasn't a hard field. It was like a 45-yard field goal or something like that. It wasn't like a ridiculous length. Um, so I think the yeah the, the only reason I have any remote interest in the Patriots is like, can Zappi cement himself as a career backup? Um, I think his you know chances of like, hey, this guy could be a like sneaky good starter. I think that's done. Um, I I'm, I was joking, obviously, but like in all seriousness, if Mac Jones is on a roster uh, next year, I will be shocked. An NFL roster. I think he is perfectly suited for the XFL. Come on over. You'll be fun for it. But 
I, he looks bad, man. Like Zach Wilson's getting a lot of hate. Mac Jones should be getting the same amount. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's better. That is one of my all-time worst draft evaluations ever. But I like both of them just suck. Both of them are in the same division. This is terrible. Um, yeah, I don't trust anyone on on that Patriots offense when it comes to uh, fantasy whatsoever. I would also like to say one more thing. Courtesy of our, uh, you know, partners at Underdog, I would have gone two for two uh, this past weekend. Zeke Elliott ran for 46 yards, and I had him under what was it, 35? It was 30 something, yeah, but he surpassed he surpassed about like 10 yards, which is like his second time doing that this season. <laughs> like, which shows you how freaking inconsistent this. I just I don't get them. I hate them. Fire Bill. You want to talk about bad Bill uh, Bill O'Brien is uh, the GM was. Uh, my God, Bill Belichick GM not looking great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's sort of overshadowing Mac Jones's play. Is just like, is this tarnishing the legacy of Bill Belichick? Where yes. just like he went from yes. such a good career with Bill uh, with the Tom Brady, excuse me. As soon as Tom Brady left, it's like we're seeing that t- Patriots team now that we're seeing, and it's just like maybe it was all Tom. It's just like it's it's sort of like that's the best thing you sort of come to that conclusion where it's just like yeah, it was Tom doing it for Belichick as opposed to Belichick doing it for Brady. So. We'll see, but just, yeah, it is an absolute best in New England, and just, yeah, I completely 100% agree with you that it's just, it's, you can't trust anybody in this New England offense, because it's just, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bears, to be a Patriots fan, it's Bears it's won 12 to 10, by the way. Oh, my Lord. I wonder if that's Gorigami. That's probably not Gorigami. No, I don't think so. I don't Damn. think so. I think it's happened before. I've never seen it. Um, but just, yeah, so that's a bit of a dud game. But, Ted, it's actually funny that you bring that up because that's the conclusion of the injury report here. But that sort of leads into our Week 13 picks. But before we get to that, definitely want to lay out the teams that are on a bye week this week because we have six teams on a bye week this week. I think it I was actually like don't maybe... know this. You're revealing this to me, so I'm excited. Yeah, we have six teams on a bye week this yeah. week. I think we talked about this like maybe a month ago. It was sort of like a bye Mageddon. Where we had oh, we got another bye Mageddon. So, this is, yeah, the same amount of teams. We have six teams on a bye this week, and both the teams playing on Monday night, those are on a bye. So, we got the Bears and the Vikings. We also got the Raiders. We also got the Bills. We also got the Giants and also the Ravens. So, I mean, there's a good mix of teams there. And don't forget, Raiders, that offense is looking kind of rejuvenated now. There's a lot of interesting fantasy options there. Now, that's that's kind of, yeah, bye Mageddon part two. Yeah, there's some good options here. Obviously, you got the Bills with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, James Cook. A lot of people have a rostered. The Raiders you talked Dalton about Kincaid. with Devontae Adams, Michael Mayer. Yep, Dalton Kincaid has been a revelation ever since the Dawson Knox injury, so he's not going to be playing this week. Um, yeah, the Raiders got Devontae Adams. You obviously got um, Daniel Carlson if you got Russ as a kicker. Um, Michael Mayer has been a pretty good tight end for you guys. Uh, the Bears, I mean, Justin Fields, maybe, and maybe some of the running backs. So DJ, DJ Moore, Moore after this, yeah, after tonight. Uh, the Vikings, I mean, there's a little bit with the Josh Dobbs as a streaming option, but I'm wondering if the magic is starting to wear out. Yeah. I mean, he looked bad this uh, this week against the Bears, but I think the bye week can hopefully alleviate that. Um, you obviously got Jordan Addison. Uh, Justin Jefferson's going to be coming back after the bye week. That's the report so far. The Giants, um, Saquon, I guess. <laughs> That's probably the only one I can think of right Dude, now. Dude, I just I traded for Saquon like two weeks ago. It's so weird. He goes off yeah. for like 30 points against Washington. And I'm like, and then he's playing the Patriots. Like seven points. Yeah, no, that was not a great. And then obviously you got the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, um, Zay Flowers, um, Isaiah Likely instead of Mark Andrews, obviously. And Gian- kicker Justin Gian- Tucker Coleman? and the Ravens defense. Name? 
Keontae Coleman? Is that the new guy's name? Uh, no, that's Keaton that's Mitchell. the no no yeah. Keontae Coleman is the Florida State receiver. Yeah, Keaton Mitchell. Keaton, Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell. Thank you. I knew right. it was yeah. Ko. <laughs> but yeah, obviously you got the Ravens defense, and of course Justin Tucker, who a lot of people drafted as well. So yeah, lots of big names on a bye week this week. So Tad, let us get to our week thirteen picks here. Give me three of your favorite picks this week. So we don't okay. have to go through every position, but just give me three of your favorites. So if you are a follower of ours on Twitter and Instagram, which by the way, you can find both of our handles and the show's handle right below on the ticker. That's the first time I have ever nailed the timing on that. I'm so proud of myself right now. Anyway, you will be shocked by this pick because we said to bench him last week. I'm not going to say great call, but I think we called it right. He scored 16 points against the top-rated pass defense, and that is Russell Wilson. Now, he has been everybody's – well, not everybody, but a lot of people have been properly acknowledging his better play this year. With that said, it's not quite translating over the fantasy realm. Like, he's playing better on the field, but he has very rarely ever topped 20 points this season, but you know whatever he was this close to doing it because I don't know were you watching that game? I was watching some of that game. Yes. Okay. Did you see the Jerry game. Judy? I, I, it feels cruel to call it a drop. Yes. No. He he didn't get a lot of help. Russell. Yeah. Wilson. He, he well, it plus his arm got pulled back. So anyway, bit, yeah. so Russell Wilson could have gone over 20 against once again the number one ranked. Uh, passing defense and fantasy football. And then here's the kicker though. You look at his schedule moving forward. This is crazy. They play the 21st ranked Texans defense. That makes it look like, you know, th- that makes TJ Stroud look like a hero every time. Cause he can somehow put up 35 points on a consistent basis. I hate him. And then, so after that, in no particular order, they play the chargers twice. Then they play new England. And we just talked about how bad they are. Then Detroit, that one's a little bit more iffy, but they're inconsistent, so who knows what to expect. And then they play – sorry, I lost my – I got so excited I lost my spot. Oh, they play the Las Vegas Raiders, and we've all seen – that offense is looking much better. That defense still very much uh, suspect. So I think that that is perfect timing with that schedule as well, especially if you you have a quarterback that goes down over the next couple weeks. You have a guy that is consistent. And has a very easy schedule, especially when you get into the playoffs. So I actually like Russell Wilson as a pickup here. Yeah, it's not bad. I think like I think you've laid it out perfectly where it's like he's playing better as far as like the Broncos are concerned. But as far as fantasy managers are concerned, it's like he's sort of hovering between like being streamable and like eh, maybe you're better off finding another option. But like you said, laying out the schedule that they have, I think they have some favorable opponents coming down the stretch here, especially if you need a guy potentially as a backup as the fantasy playoffs roll around, then, I mean, Russell Wilson could be a pretty good guy to sort of fill in as that potential backup for you as you're sort of making your way into the playoffs and potentially through the playoffs as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good sign for Broncos fans that just like, yeah, the – Peyton and Wilson sort of relationship is sort of working out and the offense is looking a little bit better. And I think just heading into year two, I think you're finally going to see what we all were hoping for. Well, I think most people, I wouldn't say everybody, but I think a lot of people are sort of hoping that we'd see with, you know, dangerous going to Denver and being that guy for Denver, obviously, but just last year, it obviously wasn't the case this year. It took a long time for it to finally get there, you know, slow out of the gates but now I think we're finally seeing that. And so, yeah, I think if Russell Wilson could finish the season as strong as he's playing right now, I think I like him as a good pick next year. And 100% is good for Broncos fans next year. So, yeah, I like that pick. I like that pick for sure. 
don't ever use that nickname on this show again. <laughs> I, will, I will kick you straight out of this stream. <laughs> All right. Hit me with some of your other favorite picks here. We All right. Well, George Costanza would not be a fan of this one because uh, I am double dipping. So I think that, <laughs> I that thank you. I was, I was actually really proud. That's of that. a good one. I like that one. So I picked this guy as a top pickup last week, but as we said before, that was just a graphic. I didn't get to talk about it. I want to talk about it because this guy, I, I trade for Christian Watson about God about a month ago now, and thinking that like, okay, he's back, he's healthy, he'll be great, and I was just, he wasn't producing. Now he's kind of producing. He's very touchdown dependent, but before he was posting up like three, four, five points. I was like, what is happening? And I, cause I knew it wasn't Dobbs because Dobbs was also pretty touchdown dependent. I'm like, yeah. who is taking all of his targets? My new man, Jaden Reed. This guy is good. He is the, if I'm not going to say he's the rookie out of Nevada, right? Or is he the second year man out of Nevada? He is a rookie, but he's not out of Nevada. Really? Shit. See, I'm, I'm like, you can tell by my Keontae Coleman. I'm like, I'm like all the, all the info <laughs> from last year's draft is getting pushed out as I prepare for this year's shit. Fair. Hold on. Louisville? No. Shit, I know. You're idea. trading it the right direction geographically, though. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, no, it's not. It's uh, just go ahead. Michigan State. Oh fuck, that's real bad. <laughs> I was gonna say Wake Forest is my next guess. Anyway, Michigan State. He was a Spartan. He plays well in green, then apparently. Because, there you go. Exactly. I mean, you look at. So I told you to pick him up last week. And he put up 13 points against the Lions. Nothing that will blow you away, but a pretty respectable number, especially for a guy that was one of the more popular waiver wire pickups. But here's where I'm very encouraged with him is he that was his third straight game putting up more than 10 points. Not 10 points or more, so he didn't finish like at 10. No, he's gone pretty high in the upper teens. The two games before that, 13 this game. So I think that he's probably the most consistent receiver on this Packers offense. Because like I said, the other two are almost entirely touchdown dependent. Luke Musgrave is just too inconsistent at all. Well, he's also on the IR still. So that's another reason not to. Well, I mean, is is, is his health, (laughs) that means his health is inconsistent. Am I wrong? (laughs) I guess you're right. I guess you're right. And then. I guess you got a technicality on that one. See, I'll take it. So I actually really like it because you look at the, uh, you know, Kansas City defense that they're playing next week. It's vulnerable. I'm not going to say it's – I'm about to sneeze on air for the second time ever. Um, it's it's vulnerable, but it's not, uh, you know, bad. So I think that he's a risky play against Kansas City. But, again, looking ahead at the future schedule, the last three games of the Packers schedule are against Carolina – Minnesota, and we all just saw how the Minnesota defense did here. And then, then, and yes, I know that they played well tonight, but that was the, you know, exception, not the rule, the Bears. Those are three really bad defenses he's going against at the exact time that you needed him to show up in your championship. I think he is at, how about this for a statement? I think he's a very safe flex play moving forward. That's fair. That's fair. So right, the emergence you, you of Jaden Reed. Go on mute while I sneeze. Well, so you're saying that the emergence of Jaden Reed has led to the production for all the other Packers receivers to have suffer from shrinkage. You gotta do that while I'm trying to sneeze here. <laughs> you know I had to. I was sitting on that one. I as soon you. as you gave me the George Costanza one, I was like, this. I had to go in this direction. I had to. <laughs> How? What is the age group of our viewership like that? Like. 
It's on Netflix. People, I'm pretty sure, are watching it. Just go with your pick. Just go. <laughs> Mine was better. Go. You still owe me one more, but yeah, I'll get into some of my picks here as you're sort of sneezing or, you know, coughing. Oh, dude, it's coming. I, it's going to come right as I reach a peak moment, too. God, I oh, I'm it. actually going to go with one of your favorite guys, and that's Kenny Pickett, Tad, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, and yeah, so, my boy. Maybe, you know, last weekend was a fluke. I mean, we'll see exactly how this is all going to play out, but I mean... Maybe Matt Canada really was the issue. Like, I mean, people have been clamoring for him to get fired for so long. Maybe. And they finally had a very good offensive day, the Steelers' offense. Um, they're trying to stay in the playoff picture. I think their defense was obviously able to keep things in control. But just that offense, just, you know, lack of just consistency, lack of just good play calling, whatever you want to call it. But just now, we finally got to see what a good Steelers' offense could look like. And you got Pickett, who threw for 278 passing yards. He had a completion percentage of 72.73%. These were both second best in his career. I know his career hasn't been that long, but still saying something that he put up these types of numbers right after Matt Canada got fired, right? He threw the ball 33 times, so he threw it for a good amount of times as well to lead to that high completion percentage. So it wasn't like, you know, he went 10 for 15 or something like that, right? It's like he threw a good amount of times to lead to a good completion percentage. This is all against the Bengals, who have a pretty good defense as well. Divisional matchup, he still played well. Um, I think this could carry over in a very good matchup against the Arizona Cardinals this week. We're sort of in that sort of like, you know, they looked good a little bit with Kyler Murray returning, but now they're sort of regressing back to that team where it's just like, yeah, they're pretty much playing for a draft pick sort of thing. So it's like, I think this is a very good matchup that the Steelers can take advantage of. The Arizona defense is allowing the highest completion percentage in the league to opposing quarterbacks. They're allowing the 10th most passing yards in the league to opposing quarterbacks. And they're allowing the fourth most passing touchdowns in the league as well to opposing offenses. So I think Kenny Pickett, he could sort of have a back-to-back -back good performance. Even though he only got the yards last week, I bet you he could sort of find the end zone once or twice this weekend to make a more of a viable start, especially with some of those big-name quarterbacks being out on a bye week this week. Kenny Pickett, I think, could be a good streaming option against a very susceptible Cardinals defense. Yep. I mean, you know me. I'm never going to say anything bad about my boy. <laughs> good pick. Good pick. Except for the double gloves. I'm not a fan of the double gloves. Just go for yeah. the left glove. Uh, it's fair. It's fair. But it works for him. He seems to find a way to get it done. Also for true. Sure, so. um, I'm going to go to the running back position here, Tad. And my God, I mean, we were sort of talking about our DraftKings uh, contest that we do every single week. So we did one for Thanksgiving, obviously. But then we also did one for the Sunday slate of games. And you picked Kyron Williams. And yeah, my Lord, sorry. did he have himself he, a game. He only cost like $5,000 as soon as I saw <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Like, he was an yep. affordable option. And just his first game back. And you thought maybe he was just sort of going to ease into it. He'll have a good game, but not a great game. But. Dear Lord, this was a sensational game. I mean, he put up 40 fantasy points in DraftKings platforms, but I'm pretty sure it was something similar in all your respective fantasy leagues as well. But, I mean, he was just a dynamite option out of the backfield as far as a runner. I think he had 143 rushing yards, if I remember correctly. Then he had 66 uh, yards through the air, scored both touchdowns through the air as well. So, I mean, just, yeah, he was an all-around threat. And sure, I'm lauding Kyron Williams here, but in conjunction... The team released Daryl uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. earlier this week because they knew Kyra Williams was coming back. And so you thought that, you know, the backup running back, Royce Freeman, might take a hit. 
But if anything, he actually looked good as a dual pace, you know, a two-headed monster there for the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, Rams fans have always been clamoring. That's like, you know, they need to run the ball more. They need to run the ball more. And especially with Matt Stafford dealing with injuries. I know Cooper Cup was obviously dealing with some injuries as well. So it's like if they could run the ball to take that pressure off the passing game, that's obviously going to be better for the offense. So it's like, obviously, Kyra Williams had a great game. But you look at what Royce Freeman did in that game as well. Like, I mean, he was able to put up a really good game as well. He scored the only rushing touchdown of that game. I think he had 70 yards rushing on the ground. He had three less carries than Kyra Williams. I know Kyra Williams did more with those carries, but he had 16 and uh, Royce Freeman had 13. So, I mean, it was still a pretty good split on the ground. Obviously, Kyra Williams got all the passing targets in the backfield as opposed to Royce Raymond, who got absolutely nothing. But I think just looking at that game, I think just translating over the course of the rest of the season, it's not all going to be Kyra Williams. I think we could see some good semblance of Royce Freeman as well, especially if you need a streaming option. I mean, this guy is widely available. He's only rostered in 19.3% of ESPN leagues and 13% of Yahoo leagues. So, I mean, it's like if you need a guy on this bye week or once again, if you need sort of like a bench stash, especially as we get closer to the fantasy playoffs Royce Freeman is a guy that I think is going to be heavily involved in his offense still yes maybe not to the same extent as Kyron Williams but as like a possible streaming flex option you could do worse than Royce Freeman yeah I mean I don't you make a lot of good points I just I think clearly more than you I think he's a little bit more of a risky flex play because my I, I I need to see how the Rams do over the next like week or two not in terms of like well are they gonna win but in terms of I'm my only concern is is the only reason Royce Freeman got all those carries because it was a blowout and because they didn't want to wear Kyron Williams out. Because if you're watching that game, I feel like, you know, Kyron Williams would make a great run. Then you would see him on the sideline. It looks like me after I try to run about a hundred feet where he's like, <gasps> like he was clearly exhausted, which makes sense. Cause Kyron Williams, well, Williams, on top of having those 16 rushing attempts, also had six catches for about yeah. 60 yards. So he was being used all over the field. He, for sure. I mean, of course he was exhausted. I'm not saying he should be ashamed of that. I should be ashamed of comparing myself to him. But <laughs> I think that that's that's one risk that you need to be aware of when going for him. But you know, I I, th I think it's better than like what my pick was going to be. Uh, and we don't even need to discuss this, which is Chuba Hubbard, which is a much, much riskier pickup. So like you said, it is a risky pick, but you could always go riskier. So it's not bad, especially if you just want someone to kind of like finish out your bench with a little bit of potential there. Yeah, no, exactly. I think it's a little bit of the safer, safer plays off the waiver wire, especially with lots of the guys being taken. Waiver wire is pretty thin right now. So, yeah, with this guy being widely available, I think he could do some good, um, good get you some good numbers on your fancy roster if you need to stream him every so often for sure. So, all right, Ted, there's a tight end I want to get to as well before we get to your, um, I believe you have a streaming pick at the defense position here. But I want to get to this tight end position because I'm actually surprised. I think a lot of people would be surprised that I'm going to bring up this name, but he is only rostered at 41.9% of ESPN leagues and 48% of Yahoo leagues. So he's about like 50% available in a lot of leagues. And that's Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so it's like, you know, look too at surprising. this guy. He's, nah. Based on not, the not, season, no, no, no. I like him moving forward, but yeah, exactly. I think based on the season, it's obviously not too surprising. But obviously, if you look at like past seasons, this is a guy that's being drafted like as a you know top oh, ten yeah. tight end, mm -hmm. and he's no, been for performing sure. at that level. And clearly, you can see that when this guy is healthy, with the game that he just had against the Bengals, he had um, eleven targets, 
caught nine of those, and he had 120 receiving yards. He set a career high in receptions for him. He set a career high in receiving yards, and he was one shy of setting his career high in targets as well. So, I mean, this guy had a monster day against Cincinnati Bengals. And I think just the biggest thing is just he's been fully healthy now because he suffered an injury way back in week one against the 49ers. He was able to gut through it for a couple of weeks, but then unfortunately he suffered another injury that kept him out for pretty much majority of the season. Now he's back. Now he's fully healthy. Like we talked about with Kenny Pickett, the real the firing of Matt Canada seemed to sort of awaken something in his offense that's like, oh yeah, we can do stuff on offense with all the players that we have. Najee Harris, who we've talked about being just, you know, absolutely a dud in this offense. He looked good in this offense too. So I mean it's just like something has been unlocked in this uh the Steelers offense. Pat Fryermuth is healthy now, so I think he's gonna look good for going forward. So if you could claim this guy off the waiver wire, like I said, if you're in those leagues that he's widely available, like I said, 41.9% rostered in ESPN leagues and 48% of Yahoo leagues. So if he's out there, like this is a good guy, exactly like Tad said, that will help you down the stretch because I think the Steelers offense is going to get a lot more consistent. I don't think they're going to have a repeat performance of last weekend against the Bengals every single week going forward, but it'll look a lot closer to it compared to lots of the dud weeks that we saw with Matt Canada running the show there. So yeah, I like Pat Fryermuth. He's a very dependable option, especially at the tight end position, which we've talked about so many times before. Is a little bit of a weaker uh, position to you know find waiver wires uh, players for. But this late, if you get a player of Pat Fryermuth's quality, hundred percent you need to go after it. Like clamor, like pay as much as you need to in the free agency bidding. You know if you're high on the waiver wire, like make this a priority ad. Like I mean, just do whatever you can, but get this guy in your roster if he's available. Sounds like a real man of steel to me. <laughs> all right Ted, let's get to your defensive pick here for week 13 who do you like this is a hot take you ready for this this is gonna sound crazy and here's all the right. funny thing is i it's the same tactic i use on the past two guys and people may be like is this all you do to pick at this point in the season yeah especially if i'm a playoff hopeful uh which is weirdly at five and seven i somehow still am um oh, man i honestly think Pick up the Falcons defense. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I look, I'm guessing I this is the matchup based play. So who are they it playing? It is absolutely weekend? entirely that, but it's not just this weekend. Cause let me walk you through their entire season, right? They've had some stinkers there. They've only gone the negative once this season. So they're not right. terrible, but they're playing times where they dip below five as well. So they're very susceptible or so everyone thinks based off reputation, but you look at their best games this season. They had a tough schedule, by the way, the only yeah. real, like, I don't even want to say bad offense. The only real like mid tier offense that they really played badly against was Washington, but Washington, that offense is so confusing. They, they can blow up at any time. So I think, so you go back and look at their entire season so far, they put up 11, they being the Falcons defense, put up 11 points against Carolina in week one, 10 points was their next double digit game against the Buccaneers. Then nine points against Minnesota without Justin Jefferson. And then 11 points this past weekend against New Orleans. So when they face like, you know, lower kind of tier offenses, they actually tend to do pretty well. Um, not blow you away like a 20 point performance. Like, you know, the Miami Dolphins defense got me this week, but uh, thank God for that pick six. Um, but you look at it now, yeah, this is the same tactic I've been we've been using really, is they have the Jets and the legend yeah. himself, Tim Boyle. Yeah. Is it Tim or Tom? 
It's Tim. It's Tim. You got it right. I, dude, I don't know if you saw that stat, but I looked at his college stats. How in the world did this man make it in the NFL? His college stats are something like three touchdowns and like nine picks over like three yeah. years. Yeah, nah, he, he's been bad on all levels and just <laughs> surprising the fact that he's starting here and surprising that Aaron Rodgers like brought him to New York too. Like, I mean, just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't. No, it's I don't. so weird. But anyway, so uh, yeah, they should feast there. So they're a safe start next week. Then they play Tampa Bay again. So don't forget they put up 10 against Tampa Bay. I'll take 10 for my defense any week. Then they play Carolina again. Keep in mind, Carolina was 11 points a week one. I think that yeah, actually may sure. go up because now Bryce Young has been figured out. Uh, although, I will say I don't blame Bryce Young. And maybe this Carolina – have they announced who their interim co- uh, coaches yet? Uh, yeah, it's their special teams coordinator. I Blake, you got to say, but I think it's Chris Tabor. Yeah, okay. This this okay. offense is not going to all of a sudden take <laughs> off like the, the Raiders are. So yeah, that's going to be great. Then Indy, a little bit of a risky play, but, you know, Gardner Minshew – Usually good for a pick or two every game. It's really annoying. Uh, then here's the thing. They play Chicago and then New Orleans again to close there out their season. So those last two games are very, very good matchups. And the best part is you don't need to worry about dropping and adding defenses, especially in the playoffs. I hate doing that in the playoffs. I think that this is a defense that – and you got to remember, somehow because this division is absolute crap – the team, the Falcons, are still in the division race. So you got defense as long as they don't. If I last look, they're number one. Right now they're leading the division. Right. So because they won. Still, okay, but by like a game, it's not like they're running away. Doesn't matter. They're still leading it. All right. If fine, the playoffs ended today, they would be division champions. And then they would get killed in the playoffs. But anyway, yes, they would. Point, That's a separate story. Being, That's a separate story. Is <laughs> this race is probably going to stay tight? Probably not between all three teams. I think one of these guys is, you know, going to collapse at a certain point just because they're. I, I, it feels like they're all frauds. But uh, yes. he. Oh, sorry. I thought you were disagreeing with me. No, but I, I agree. They're with frauds. a with a defense that feels like they're playing for something because they are. Yeah. Uh, that's a highly motivated defense which tend to perform better. So yes, it is a very risky play. Yes, I sound like a crazy man, but I'm telling you, the Falcons' defense might be a sneaky good pickup moving forward and keep in mind the jets that whole streak starts next week so you gotta get them now because i promise you after that jets game next weekend they're gonna be the top you know defense to go after on the waivers and you're not gonna get it next weekend do you have the roster percentage for them right now uh i don't have the exact one but it's about 30 percent last i checked which was surprisingly okay. high yeah yeah that's not bad uh, so I'm going to close it out with our kicker for streaming options this week. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Gay of the Indianapolis Colts, rostered in 48.7% of ESPN leagues and 21% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, the Colts are playing the Titans this week. They've already played earlier this week, back in week five. Gay kicked three field goals in that game, as well as two extra points, which totaled to 12 fantasy points. Nick Folk, on the other hand, also had 12 fantasy points in that game. So I think if you go with either kicker in this, uh, this position here, you stream them. Um, either option would be really good. I think this game could lead to a lot of field goal opportunities for both kickers, like I said. So I think this could be a really good game, especially like we talked about with all those teams out of bye week. You got Justin Tucker of the Ravens out of bye week. Mm. Daniel Carlson of the Raiders out of bye week. Cairo yep. Santos of the Bears out of bye week. And Ooh. Tyler Bass of the Buffalo Bills out of bye week. So lots of kickers out of bye week. If you need a streamer kicker, I like Matt Gay against the Tennessee Titans this week for sure. So... Tad, that'll close out our episode here of Week 13 Waiver Wire Picks. We did a little bit of the Week 12 Injury Report, uh, but it's nice to be back. Like I said, we had the week yeah. off, so it's just nice to be back in the saddle here, um, giving everybody our information here. But 
like we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, even though we didn't give you an episode through the podcast or through YouTube here, we gave you all our graphics on social media. So make sure you're following us on our social media handles. You got us on Twitter. You got me at the underside 23. You got Tad at Tad Decide 94. Got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course, on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. We posted all of our graphics across both platforms. So we got you covered with our picks. And of course, like interact with us in case you have a personal question that you needed to get set like with the thanksgiving games it's like do you trust you know a certain receiver over another or like you know how do you feel about your starts and decisions taking the waiver wire like we would have responded to you tad was at home i was at home too we were just with our families and so hey we don't need to spend every wicked minute with our family we could answer a quick message review on Thanks. social media my mom watches the show can you not <laughs> Okay, you need to spend every waking minute, yes, but I think I can get you. a little bit there of a reprieve every so often. It answers a quick question, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media. We're here to help you win your fantasy leagues, and I think most importantly, Tad, I say this every single episode, avoid fantasy punishments because we don't want you at a Denny's. We don't want you, you know, with the sandwich board, ringing a bell on the main street or whatever, anything like that, you know, doing the hot sauce wing challenge or whatever, you know, soda roulette, you know, doing the suicide oh, drink, yeah, putting a bunch no, of stuff in there. No, no. So like, we don't want you doing any of that. So make sure you're listening to us. Make sure you're asking us for our advice so you can avoid all that. And like I said, if you're the lucky place to be in contention for a fantasy title, we're going to help you win that fantasy title as well. So, guys, make sure you subscribe or listen to your podcast, whether that's at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Listen to the LAP Network website as well. Subscribe or listen to your podcast. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel so it's always up to date with our YouTube channels, uh, YouTube channel videos as well. And make sure you're supporting our parent network at LAP Network. They're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the Rams and the Chargers at the professional level and the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level. So lots of great content coming from them. Make sure you're supporting them because without them, there would be no us. But guys, to everybody who's already interacting with us, who's watching the videos, who's listening to the podcast, who's, like I said, interacting with us on social media. I mean, guys, anything and everything that you're doing to support us, we really can't thank you enough. And you know what, guys, just give you a little bit of background peek into how everything works is our CEO, Ryan Dyrud, gave us an offer. Hey, do you guys want to take over the company's main or old, I guess, YouTube channel? Hasn't been active for a while. We think that'd be a good move. Amir and I discussed it. We experimented with it a little bit and they were like all right fine we'll go ahead and do it and then we got a message from him it feels like last week but it was probably two weeks ago at this point where he commented he was like dude subscribers are going up viewer counts going up like this this was a good move and you know it was nice for us to take credit for it but really it was you guys showing your support coming out looking at our new youtube shorts which come out every saturday morning for the next i want to say five saturdays six saturdays uh maybe five. longer than that we we could do playoff ones we could go to the playoffs yeah Ooh. it's not limited to football too maybe we'll cross into basketball who knows i would be so down for that so <laughs> anyway as long as you guys keep watching we'll keep making great content for you because we love you guys we appreciate you guys and that's why i end every show by saying please stay safe everyone